Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Evelyn. I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! Come on! 14 USA gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks, and ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. By who? Donald and Daisy? I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Oh, wait. No, Kevin's not here yet again. Uh, he told us he was going to be here. We haggled for three to four days about what times would work. He said times would work, and then they didn't work. Uh, when it came time to record, so he is um, he's big timing the pod, and um, I for one am embarrassed for him. But yeah, make sure uh, listeners make sure to tweet at him and ask him uh, what was going on that uh, was so precious to him. Whatever work project he procrastinated on <laughs> to uh, to not be able to pod like he committed to. Yeah, but uh, we'll skip his uh, Kentucky update and we'll go to more happier news. I want to give a duck call here to Josh Licht. Duck call to him. He is the creator of our theme. We got a new theme. Uh, It will be, I don't know if it's going to be this episode, maybe next episode. Uh, But he also became an executive producer. Joins the long and growing list now of executive producers, Elsie, Brian, and Alex. We'll get the full list of executive and uh, regular producers at the end of the show. But if you want to join them, if you want your name mentioned, and if you want some stickers there's a link in the show notes. You can donate as much as you feel fit. You can donate a dollar a month. That's $12 a year. We had 33 episodes last year. So if you break that down, if you do- donate a dollar a month, you're getting an episode for every 36 cents you spend. So if we cannot give you 36 cents of entertainment, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but Like one of those old commercials, it's like for just 36 cents you know, a month, you can... Uh, feed these three young men <laughs> yeah. for a year and they feed their hunger for podcasts. Yeah. So we just need to get some like C-list celebrity to do a, an infomercial for us and get some real sad music going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the arms of the angel going. Uh, but yeah, it helps a lot and it's helped us grow um, since we started doing this. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you. And some... that helps finance future pods, and as everyone knows, that we do plan to have more guests on this year with the forthcoming release of uh, the new Mighty Ducks TV series. So, if you want more of that, consider donating. So there you go. There is our pitch. Uh, let's move on now. We've got another Mighty Ducks minute here. Uh, this is a good one. I'm excited for it. So we're going to break down minute fifty. So this is. From forty nine zero zero to fifty zero zero, first movie obviously, and um, it starts right as Bombay sort of um, pulls the D five Ducks jerseys out of the box, and uh, you can listen from there. Ducks, were the Ducks? 
Man, what Brendan jerk came up with that name? As a matter of fact, I did. But I didn't have a choice. We're being sponsored. By who, Donald and Daisy? <laughs> hey, you don't want to be ducks? You'd rather be District 5, some stupid number? Better than some stupid animal. I'll have you know, Peter, that the duck is one of the most noble, agile, and intelligent creatures of the animal kingdom. But they're wimpy. They don't even have teeth. Neither do hockey players. <laughs> have you guys ever seen a flock of ducks flying in perfect formation? It's beautiful. Pretty awesome, the way they all stick together. Ducks never say die. Ever seen a duck fight? No way. Why? Because the other animals are afraid. They know that if they mess with one duck, they got to deal with the whole flock. There you go. Uh, rousing speech by Bombay. We It sort of cuts off right before the big reveal where he's wearing the jersey but um just initial impressions for you tommy um the biggest thing that stands out is this is a a shot a scene where you have just very random outfits thrown together (laughs) yeah and that is like the best part of being able to rewatch these and like i literally have a pause on a shot where i can see like the entire locker room they're in the cardinals locker room essentially um it looks just like a um it looks like you're they're in at like a high school because it's got like the two-tone walls with like the the traditional like brick and half of it's painted and there's a bunch of like pta notices on there but the outfits only one person i think and that's jesse is wearing like traditional jeans Mm. so every other kid is wearing some kind of random ass pant and (laughs) um then michael put this in the show notes i'll put a screenshot it'll probably be on twitter but like Averman, I don't know what the hell he's wearing, but he's wearing like basketball shorts over like some kind of like fleece leggings with like knee pads. But he also has like, he has something around his ankles. It, <laughs> it looks like he pulled down like another pair of leggings, like individual leggings over each ankle or something. It's just very weird. And Guy right next to him has got like, probably maybe some stylish boots but he's got like really white socks mm-hmm. with like green maybe corduroy type pants and it looks like connie has never like told him how to dress uh connie's also wearing jeans so those are the only two jesse and connie and if you were to say like who are the most fashionable ducks you know maybe those are the two you know yeah. jesse's always wearing a good hat and so i'm surprised at Guy, but these outfits are just like out of this world um, and so that was like the immediate takeaway. It was very hard to, to listen to what is actually a pretty good speech by Bombay because of the, uh, the aesthetics of this shot. Yeah, shots. I agree. Like when you take it sort of out of context and you really start breaking it down, uh, it's very distracting. Uh, Peter Mark is wearing a leather hat that says B-ball on it. Um, and Carp's just sort of in the background looking at them. Um, talked about the fashion. Uh, as for the like sort of pushback, I go back and forth on whether Averman's Donald and Daisy oh were being sponsored by who Donald and Daisy was that a good joke or was that lame? I think that's pretty good. Um, good one liner. Um, yeah, you know it's like uh, like one would think that it was obvious who they're being sponsored by to these kids. Um, I also like, um, like Averman, I think really kind of steals the scene a little bit 
Um, but there is one more item in the the scene that I wanted, like the the background that I want to draw attention okay. to. So there's a snack machine, and I'm pretty sure there's a cigarette machine. Oh, well. interesting. I'm pretty sure. Um, and, and Mike, if you have it pulled up, forty nine nineteen. If you pause it right there, you see the snack machine to the right. I'm pretty sure that's a cigarette machine to the left. I'm gonna have to break this down. I'm gonna have to break this down. Uh, let me pull it up here, but um, let's. I'll come back to that as we sort of talk about um, the actual content. Bombay speech. Were you were you feeling it as soon as you like got by the whole fashion aspect? Or yes. okay. And so what brought me around was when he says like you mess with one duck, duck the whole flock is gonna come after you. And so it's it's um you know it's essentially mirroring themes of the movie. Um, you know, the, the team being bigger than one, et cetera, but also kind of lays the foundation of why, you know, Jesse says, like, you know, putting on a duck jersey doesn't mean you're a duck to, to Banks. And so it's really inspiring. And without the speech, you know, you don't have the whole, like, ducks, you know, hey, the were stronger than just one, et cetera. And I don't think they um they play as well because they, they're not star players. And that's why maybe some, it takes a little bit tougher for some of these kids to, to buy into Banks. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I so I I'll get to that in a second. So this machine, um, it does look like a cigarette machine. The only thing that it might also be is like they have these like hot hot cocoa slash chocolate uh, or or slash coffee machines. So I don't That'd know. Make if a lot more sense for a school, although if there isn't a teacher's lounge. Well, I mean, but they're I in an ice rink right. here, so like I've definitely seen these at ice rinks before, um, but it looks a little different. This machine looks a little different. We'll have to have the Quackalites really break this down, uh, because yeah, I I could go either way here, but I'm actually leaning more towards the cigarette machine as I look at it. But um, yeah, we'll leave it up to the Quackalites. As for the speech. I liked it. I thought there was some factually inaccurate things. Like, I see ducks fight all the time. Like, birds? I feel like birds are sort of very violent species. Uh, but I guess he was just on a roll and the ducks never questioned him. So, I'll, I'll, I'll give him the momentum for that to sort of just uh, push past it there. So, uh, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, he's got to get the buy-in. So, he's got to take it very seriously. Yeah. And we don't we don't see it, but... It's almost like he's giving this speech directly to Fulton and Charlie because he needs Fulton to buy in, and then the and Charlie and they all kind of fall in line. Yeah, I mean, it, a bit weird that Casey Conway is the only parent there. Um, Casey Conway is there, and so is the bus driver or not bus right. driver, his driver, his Lewis. chauffeur, who's eating like popcorn or something. Yeah, yeah, but it's a bit weird. Like, it's not a team meeting, but like, it's also not like a parent player meeting. Um, so yeah, I don't know what happened to the other parents, but, uh, I, whatever happened, it worked. I guess you have Casey Conway. If you go beyond the minute, she, you know, she has the look of approval, uh, as everyone sort of wants to be a duck. But, uh, you talked about Guy earlier on, uh, Connie gives a weird look to Guy after he says, uh, his sort of line there. He didn't even have teeth. Yeah. She gives him a weird look, like. That was dumb. So I this may lend more credence to uh, 
the man formerly known as Kevin's theory that Guy never sort of got any and Connie was always just sort of stringing him along because he was available. But uh, yeah, uh, really, um, I don't know. I, I don't know from the kids if it was like the best performance, but I feel like Bombay really got into it. Uh, but did any of the kids stick out for you? Um, Averman, um, I guess with his one liner, um, Car- Aaron Carp played by Aaron Schwartz mm-hmm. kind of gives his kind of like, you know, weird like, looks yeah. like, like there's a, I just paused on a really good screenshot that I'm going to send to Mike. <laughs> um, but he's kind of like going through the whole gamut of facial expressions, kind of like skeptical as well as, you know, like laughing at the one-liners and being concerned like that he'd have to wear this mm-hmm. like in public. Um, it's, I'm, uh, I'm sending Mike a screen, screenshot, which he'll tweet out at some point from the, the show notes. And so it's a pretty good one. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought um, Carp and Goldberg did some great sort of background acting there with their facial expressions and uh, really brought it around. Carp's got kind of a stupid haircut going right now, but um it doesn't look the same as before, but maybe maybe I'm just misremembering it. But um, yeah, anything else stick out to you here in this minute? Again, the fashion of um, of all of them, they're like holding their sticks and stuff. So it's like, okay, they're getting ready for a game, but I don't see like any other gear whatsoever. Yeah. And I guess they're in, have they spent the money yet at um, Hansa Skate Shop? They have. Um, I think like this is the lobby before the game, but it did certainly seem like some of them were kind of like half-dressed. Uh, I thought Averman for a point was half-dressed, but it might have just been his stupid um, fashion that you uh, went over before. Yeah, yeah. it looks like Averman might have like started getting dressed and that like those are his socks to put his shin pads over, but um, it's tough to tell. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look around everybody else. Yeah, it just seems like they're in the lobby waiting to get dressed before the game. So I don't know why Averman would be the only one that's dressed then. Um, that doesn't make sense. So maybe it is just a stupid fashion thing. Um, yeah, and a lot, a lot going on. Uh, Goldberg rocking the traditional Flyers hat. You got to appreciate that. But other I guess the last thing is, uh, Tammy choosing to sit next to Charlie. I wonder if she has a crush on him potentially. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about the Terry uh Tammy aspect. Uh we've talked about it before. I almost picked a quiet question dealing with it. So yeah, this would um yeah, I I, I gotta review and see maybe further beyond how Tammy reacts to like Charlie stepping up and whatnot. But um yeah, overall, good minute. She doesn't seem all that like lovey-dovey with charlie or like she wasn't giving she also him the, looks uh, like she's sitting on a sliver of the bench <laughs> yeah and uh the the driver the chauffeur he's like taking up a lot of room yeah and it's, he's like and you know part of it, you think okay they gotta obviously like condense the shot you need pe- it's like whenever you have a scene in a, in a car you see people who are sitting like super close together and it's like that they're unrealistically close or they're talking way too close it's because they have to get them on the shot um but there's like a lot of room where the chauffeur it's like, hey, you you should move over a little bit. There's still plenty of room to bracket you in there. Um, 
Yeah, he's sort of sitting on like a sliver, or he's sitting like with his legs open. And yeah, Connie or really man spreading. (laughs) Yeah, and Tammy is sort of pushed all the way to the end of the bench there. So yeah, good catch there. Uh, I did not notice that until you mentioned. I guess it did not register until you mentioned it. Yeah, and there's a whole nother side of uh, the bench where on the other side of Lewis where Tammy could sit, but she is pushed all the way to the end of the bench. One thing I didn't even notice is like Tommy Duncan is only in like half a second of this entire scene. Cause I was like, they're missing some kids here. So he's n- sitting next to Connie and like not even there at all. And so him and carp are kind of like the ones you can't see the most whenever they're doing the overhead shot from like Bombay's perspective. And I wonder if that says something about like who he actually cares about on the team. Mm. Doesn't give a shit about Tommy. Doesn't give a shit about carp. And it's almost like he told Tammy to go sit next to Charlie because he did care about her. So you have to see Tammy um, because maybe it's foreshadowing her role in the, the tie against the Cardinals, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. And he like walks around and like makes eye contact with certain people. Like he walks around the middle part to look at Charlie and Tammy. And uh, then he like turns around, looks at Goldberg and uh, Jesse and uh, like Peter Mark and Carp are there, but he's not really looking at them. So, um, yeah, interesting setup that we got here for sure. For sure. All right. Um, anything else or should we move to MVPs? Um, I think we move to MVPs. I am looking a few seconds beyond the minute just to see if there's anything else that um, kind of gives away what we saw. Um just kind of skeptical looks and Fulton is of course the first one who says like, I'll be a duck. And so he was giving that speech to Fulton. I believe that's confirmed. Yeah. Fulton. Yeah. Charlie, he knows, he knows who the leaders are and he knows who he's got to win over for sure. Um, yeah. MVP. Uh, I mean, I th- like Bombay is obviously the obvious, the, the obvious choice here. But uh, is there anybody else that you think deserves to be in the running? I think uh, Bombay's hair maybe maybe <laughs> um, looks really good in this uh, this scene. Um, I'm not sure if we've um, we've ever mentioned the the makeup artist who does the hairstylist or anything, but really nice job here. And I, and I feel like that'd be important to Emilio Estevez and all of his roles as a when he was a younger actor. Um, so really good job by the uh, the stylist. I think not only for Bombay's hair but also for all the eclectic '90s gear. But I think Bombay still gets the my nod for MVP. Yeah, I mean, you could talk about the gear as a as a whole. Yeah, I just noticed Averman's like wearing buttons on his. Yeah, I, I mentioned that he's got like campaign buttons, or <laughs> he'd be the kid who has like band buttons that he's never seen. Like he'd have like a Dead Kennedys pin, pin or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, you could maybe throw just the wardrobe person in there, but. Great point on Bombay's hair. It's uh, it's lush. It's like it's it's puffy. It's it's sort of poofed good out. Volume. Yeah, good volume, good flow to it. Uh, just a great sort of hockey hair too. Great flow. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm still just gonna pick Bombay overall. But uh, what are your thoughts? I agree, Bombay overall with a strong. Honorable mention to wardrobe, makeup, and stylist. There you go. There you have it. So uh, let's take uh, a short break, and then we'll come back and we'll have the quiet question here. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back. We have the quiet question for you. You ask us questions on Twitter, through Facebook, through email. We pick the best ones, try to answer them. And our quiet question today comes from at Cowboy Dwayne on Twitter. He says, in D1, after Casey Conway interrupts the limo ride on the ice, Averman says to her, why do you always have to ruin everything? What else has Casey ruined for the kids? Good question. Sort of a throwaway line that that sort of hit. Hmm. yeah, wildly disrespectful out of Averman to just like I cannot imagine being ten, twelve years old and being like going to somebody else's parents say why do you ruin everything? Yeah, that's really interesting, and there's a lot of layers. And Kevin's going to be upset that he missed out on this one because I know where he would go with it. <laughs> um, is that the end of the question? Yeah, that's just what else has Casey ruined for the kids? She definitely, well, our first introduction to these kids is when they're like playing a prank, right? Right. And so you got to feel like she has put the kibosh in some of these pranks. Maybe they're like planning in the kitchen, like feeling super soakers or something. She's like, what the hell are you kids doing? No. So some of that is just motherly stuff, you know, where you're just like, there's boys will be boys, but you kind of have to stop it if you see it. And so she probably does that and for better. Um, but, you know, maybe he's out on the whole, like, um, Casey and, you know, Jesse and Terry's dad having an affair mm. that we've, uh, that we've um, hinted at in, in past episodes. That was thanks to a quick question as well. So yeah, maybe there's something a little bit deeper there. And maybe he's just like, you ruined your son. Look at him. He's a wuss. So maybe that's just a real deep burn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. He's, uh, he's spazway at this point. He has not sort of redeemed himself in any way. So he, it could be a, a sort of referendum on her parenting of Charlie. I don't know how deep Averman's going here. Um, maybe she's also like dated a lot of their other coaches and they all end up quitting because of her. So I, that I think is a good sort of thread to follow here. Cause it seems they've obviously had, uh, this is at least the second coach, but you would assume there's several other co- coaches to come through, and Casey Conway is very involved, uh, obviously. So here's a theory. Okay. Bombay asks, what happened to your old coach? And Peter's like, you little bastard, don't you learn how to play? And then he like, pantomimes a heart attack. Mm. What he was actually saying is that he had a heart broken by Casey Conway. Oh, interesting. And so Casey is the reason that that other coach left the team possibly because of a heart attack because of a broken heart, maybe just because of a broken heart. Yeah, no, I mean, you would figure he didn't actually just like keel over in the middle of practice. We don't know though. So yeah, things might've gotten changed, uh, lost in translation, if you will, with uh, kind of what happened there. But um, yeah, this whole idea that Casey Conway just dates every single uh, peewee coach that comes to coach her son's team is uh, is one, I think, that deserves 
a little more investigation on. I think uh, we got to figure out if there's any sort of um, any other evidence that we can sort of point to here. But I do think your original point was valid as well, where these kids are sort of just, uh, you know, running and wreaking havoc on the Minneapolis area. And she obviously seems like one of the more involved parents. So you would assume that, you know, she has sort of uh, reined these kids in from just sort of running around and doing whatever they wanted to do. So she's obviously the parent that everybody knows on the team and sort of tries to keep them in uh, in line. But obviously also seeing her having like a good rapport with a lot of them where you might like banter a little bit with your friend's parents once you get a little bit older, but it's all like kind of loving. And it's like the, um, like one of your best friend's dads, like pretends to like, not like you, like, don't you have a family of your own to go annoy things like that? But he actually like deeply cares for you. Oh, so you're turning uh, this all around on Averman. You think Averman really likes her? I do think so. Um, probably because she's um, a presence and he maybe has started to appreciate that she cares for the team. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there's like a deep down respect and fondness. Like she has a fondness for all the kids. They like her, but they also, she is sort of a pain in their side from doing all these pranks and that kind of stuff. So can figure out how many peewee coaches she's dated? Um, no, you know, I think, I know we've had like costume designer on our show before. Right. So maybe we need to have her back on and maybe have her break down this scene mm. in each outfit that everyone's wearing, wearing, including Casey, who is also kind of dressed weirdly, um, like a lot of like jarring colors. <laughs> yeah, I think we had the D3 costume designer on, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe, yeah, maybe she can break this down or, or we'll try to get the D1 costume designer. I don't know. Uh what she's doing nowadays, but I'll try to find out. Or he. Yeah, that's true. He or she. It's an equal opportunity uh, position. Equal opportunity podcast we're running here. So uh, with that, you can find us at thequacktech.com. Go there, contact us at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us your thoughts on Casey Conway and whether she has a long string of uh, peewee coaches in her past. Uh, thanks to our producers, our executive producers, Elsie Barnett, Brian Berg, Alex Ybarra, and newly anointed executive producer Josh Licht, who also made our intro music. Uh, our other producers, Deborah Chen, Jeremiah Bershey, Adam Ferry, Joyce Ng, Jared Beasley, Lisa Wobig, and Anthony Geoffrey. Like I said, you too can become a producer of the show. There's a link in the show notes. Go there. It helps us immensely. We appreciate it. We'll love you forever. And with that, remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Ain't no turning back. Got to be the manager. On the